we're trying to create people who are a force to be reckoned with, who don't, who don't just know what they believe, but they know why they believe it. And they can defend it articulately, passionately, and without backing down. Not being a jerk, but certainly um, not letting down. Their truth and their core political belief is their religion. And they are so adamant and passionate and emotional about it because that is their God with a little G. God really pressed on his heart. You need to go back to the girl that you had that abortion with and you need to apologize to her and you need to apologize to her face to face. Fetus phobic is someone who is afraid of the natural consequences of heterosexual sex and is terrified of a preborn child, of a little baby. And I like to say that Roe v. Wade is the story or the court case everyone has heard of, but nobody knows anything about. Welcome, as I said, Dr. Alveda King to Feed Ace podcast. Dr. King, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jerry. And hello, everyone. Uh, Governor Walker, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Or great to be with you. I should say it's a pleasure for me to be here. I think Rush is doing that, too. And he's doing it at a time of COVID the crisis. And he is, he's basically saying, look, I may be dying, but I'm not dead. Father Pavone, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jerry. It's great to be with you and uh, with our viewers. But they have an objective. The objective is more tax money, more control, and a promotion of a political ideology. It's a pro-socialist, secular worldview. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Feed Ace podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I am your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. The abortion debate is a constant debate out there, isn't it? Uh, there, there's written debate on uh, instant messaging and Facebook and all sorts of back and forth. There's Twitter wars and the like. There's all sorts of stuff going on um, and lots and lots of debates and they get heated. They get personal. Uh, my guest today is Tyler Bluntman. Bl Tyler is a pretty vocal anti-abortionist, and uh, he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid to debate. As a matter of fact, he demands debate, and um, that's why I asked him to come on. He's a unique guy, um, but um, you know, a brother in arms when it comes to you know fighting for life, and so that's what we love. Tyler, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me here, man. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. So, hey, listen, I, I'm just curious about your sort of background and and how you got into uh, this particular issue, um, you know, you know, you know, what, what formed your, your beliefs? Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was a late bloomer in politics, man. I, I didn't get into it until the, uh, like I was 26. So, uh, nowadays people are getting into it in, you know, middle and high school. Right. So, um, so as soon as I got into it, this seemed to be like a pretty big, debate that people would have on all sides, whether you're, you know, more conservative or liberal or libertarian or whatever. So I looked into it. And um, I mean, immediately, once I looked into it, and started doing just a modicum of research, I was like, this, this is clearly murder. So like, this is clearly, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how someone could argue that it's not. So, well, I mean, I know how, cause I debated all the time, but not, not rationally. So uh, as soon as I saw that and I saw how many, uh, you know, unborn children are being killed every year. I mean, it tops out at, at, at like a million sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes over a million. And I, I just don't understand, like, this is the biggest, this is the biggest issue in this country, right? So um, that's why I kind of took it on. And that's why I debated so much. Yeah. So in, in for those listening, you can't see the video in the video. Um, Tyler has a hat that says make abortion illegal again. Um, it, it's a great hat. It's a red hat. So it's, uh, 
uh, it's really great. So, um, you know, of all the issues, you know, that we, that we face, I think it's really great that you say that this is the issue because, you know, so many people I've had on, we've talked about, you know, Hey, what about all the other issues? And there's a lot of important issues, but if you don't have life and we don't live in a country that values and protects life, then what the hell are we doing? Right. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, anyone can come up with any other issue where people want to talk about taxes or international or whatever it is. But no issue that you are coming up with comes to where we top out at a million bodies, you know, per year. So like that has to be the most important issue. Yeah. Yeah, it is for for sure. So what I what I I listened to your live um your live show last night as I was driving home from Michigan, you were on with a couple guys and um, yeah. I was I was just listening to learn a little bit more about you and you had said and I believe you had said this cuz I was watching and listening as I was driving. So maybe I said but so you're an agnostic. Is that correct? Uh- I am. So I argue uh, the uh, the pro-life stance from a strictly secular position. And that's interesting. And and, and I'm not you know, I'm not agnostic, so I, I'm not questioning. You know, I'm not here to debate that, even though you love to debate and would probably love to. But it is interesting. It, it's really interesting. And I think I think there's a lot of value we can find in that because um, because it's certainly to many people, most people, the abortion issue is a religious, um, moral, certainly issue. And you're taking it from, you know, the non-religious side. So how, how do you go about addressing this important issue as an agnostic? Yeah, I think that, uh, honestly, I'm going to be, I think that it really works more in my favor because I think a lot of people on the political left generally aren't Christian, or at least when we're talking about pro-choicers, excuse me, specifically, they generally aren't uh, religious, uh, definitely not Christian. And, um, you know, so when I see a lot of pro-lifers, if they try and argue from like a theist perspective, I see that kind of going downhill because while they may very well be right, you're not going to reach them because they don't care. They don't subscribe to that ideology. Right. So um, so looking at it strictly from i go based on like a rights perspective just like a human rights the right to life you don't have to be religious to understand that we should not aggress on other people we should not murder other people right so um i think just looking at it that way it's helped me a lot and um gotten people to either see my side or to understand and i would also not challenge but i would advise many pro-lifers Uh, Unless you're arguing against another Christian who may be pro-choice, I would say if you can uh, just leave out the theist perspective and just go because you have science on your side, you have logic on your side, you have philosophy on your side. You don't actually need religion to let these people know that what they're doing is clearly wrong. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think it's I think it is really important um, to to not not discount the religious side if you're a religious person, but to focus because you're right. We have the science, we have the logic, we have the truth on our side. Um, you know, that's really great. So um, what, what is, so you look like a, a younger guy. I, I don't, I, I won't presume your gender, your age or any of that stuff. I'm not going to go there. I don't know. For all I know, you're a, a, a Asian female 
I might I identify as that man. I, I might identify <laughs> as as a seven foot tall Asian guy. You don't know. So um, no, man, I'm I'm not that young. I just turned 31 this year. So that's still young compared to me. So um, so so you're but you still are in a younger generation. And, you know, how, how do you see the younger generation um, with your message, you know, since you're, you're out there on social media and that's a, obviously a big platform for younger people. Um, how are they re- responding to you and are they coming on board? Yeah. So th- this issue is the definitely out of just about any political or social issue that you would have, this is definitely the most challenging to get people to uh, side with, which is really crazy because this is one of the few issues where it's just you're you're emphatically wrong if you're pro-choice. Like it's not like an open borders thing where it's like, well, maybe are you? Maybe we can have looser. Maybe we can have stricter. It's not like drug policy. I mean, this is just it's unequivocally wrong if you are pro-choice on every level. So um, it's interesting that people are still very hesitant, but the people that are more likely to change their mind in my experience, and I've debated this live in person well over a hundred times, and, um, you know, they definitely majorly are more on the younger side, either they're Gen Zers or they're millennials, like, like my age group. Um, when you get to like Gen X and like the boomer generation, and I've debated some of those people as well, it seems to be, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just that they've been stuck in what they believe for so long. Maybe they're not going to change. I don't want to make that assumption, but it definitely in my experiences is more difficult. I think the younger generation, they don't have too many bad habits. They haven't subscribed to this for decades. So it's, uh, I think that they're more likely to see reason. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so, so since you do a lot of debating, I wanted to um, maybe, maybe look at three, uh, three of the main sort of arguments that the, the pro-abortionists make to you. And I'm sure those listening hear those same arguments and, you know, it, it can be tough for people to respond and go, how do I respond to that? So um, do me a favor, give me one of your top three, I guess, um, of the arguments on the pro-choice side and then how you respond to it. Sure. So the, the biggest one that you're going to go into now is the bodily autonomy argument. So it generally goes like this. They, they say something like um, they either give you like a violinist argument or they'll give you some type of hypothetical. They'll say, well, my body is my property. You can't force me to give up any part of my body or use my body against my will. If you needed a kidney, you can't go ahead and take my kidney, so on and so forth. And, what I think that people need to understand just from the very beginning is that it's completely like disanalogous to pregnancy when they say things like, oh, well, you don't have to be forced to give your kidney. First of all, when we're talking about pregnancy, um, not, not uh, forgetting about like sexual assault cases, um, which are like 0.2% of, of, of people who get abortions. When we're talking about the overwhelming majority of over 99% of abortion cases that were due to um, voluntary um, uh, consensual interaction, um, you know, you forced that life into a state of dependency. You forced that fetus, that child, that zygote, whatever part you want, you, you forced them in you, that person, that innocent person, you forced them into a state of dependency. So it's completely disanalogous to say, well, you can't use my body without 
uh, my permission. Well, here's the thing. If you forced me to use your body, right, against my will, because you did it against that zygote, that life, that new person, did it against their will, right? I mean, it's not like they could consent, so you did it against their consent, right? So um, if you uh, force me to become dependent on your body, and then said, you know what, I no longer want you attached to me, you know, feeding off my life force or whatever they want to say, I can just go ahead and sever that connection and kill you. No, you murdered, you are responsible for my death. You murdered me because I had no choice to be dependent on you. And then you just discarded me. You murdered me, right? So it's it's just completely disanalogous. And, and, and as soon as they understand that, the only thing that they could try and argue is that it's not forced, which definitionally they'd be incorrect. Um, so um, yeah, that that's probably the biggest one that I think that you you would run into these days. Um, I think another one is maybe they don't go to bodily autonomy. Maybe they're like, mm, well, I just don't think it's a person because it don't have consciousness, right? You don't have sentience. There's no subjective experience there. Um, so then this this is also really easy, but it gets a little bit more, um, I don't want to say big brain, but you kind of have to follow a, a little bit closer. So if somebody is saying that uh, consciousness or sentience or whatever is what makes a person a person deserving for the moral consideration of life, then you have to ask them, okay, are you talking about you have to actively be experiencing consciousness? Like you and I right now are conscious, right? We're, we're in a state of consciousness. Or um, is it like in the future? Because if they go with current state of consciousness, you easily go to something like general anesthesia, right? It's like general anesthesia. It's not something like some people use a sleep or like vegetative state. Don't go with that because sometimes they are, there are signs of consciousness, but under general anesthesia specifically, there is no consciousness, none. Like, like this, this is definitive scientifically. There's, there's no consciousness, right? You can't even breathe on your own. That's why you have to have, you know, these types of, of, of machines to keep you breathing. So, okay, well, then these people must not be um, persons under your moral framework. And they're like, oh, no, well, no, we, we, we can't just kill people under general anesthesia. So, no, uh, they're going to have consciousness in the future. Oh, okay. So they have to have it now or in the future. And then they, yeah, now or in the future. It's like, okay, well, I don't know if you knew, guy, but a zygote, a fetus, an embryo, no matter what stage in the future, they are going to have consciousness. So then their whole consciousness argument is debunked there. They can't, they have to choose one or the other and and they can't, can't do either. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's, that's really good. It is, it is yeah. man. It's, it's, it's really easy to, to go, to go, uh, to debunk. And then I guess a third one. And this is, I can't even believe that this is something that people do uh, or still say, but they do a lot. They'll say that life does not begin at conception. And this is just, I mean, at this point, when someone says this, I, I feel like they are so, what's the word? They are so um, premature in their research that uh, it would it would be hard to have like a deep conversation with someone like this because this is something that even at the most liberal high schools that they teach this in like ninth grade biology you know what I mean so life unequivocally uh, begins at conception you can go by the American uh, Pediatrician Association you can go by there are studies out there that show uh, there's a um, excuse me, either a Princeton study or even a Chicago study that uh, tested or I'm sorry that uh, polled over 5,500 biologists 
And they said, no, 95% of them said that life definitely begins at conception. Now, this doesn't mean that they say that you're a person deserving of rights, but life itself definitely begins at conception. Um, I mean, you, you have reference to over 40 medical textbooks. I mean, the information is out there. I'm not going to bore you with, with all of that, but I mean, you can that really quickly. It's just a quick Google search. You know what I mean? You'll find that life definitely begins at conception. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I and mean, I think, um, you know, the, as you said, the science, the, the logic, the facts, the truth are behind um, all of us. I mean, at the moment of conception, you have a unique DNA uh, that is different than the mother, different than the father. It's its own. It will never be repeated again. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's life. I mean, if uh, finding a, some little uh, amoeba or something on Mars says, hey, there's life on Mars. I think I think what what we got is a little closer to life. Right. Than- it's defi- definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So um, so one last question, and I, I want us is based upon your experience out there in debating and talking and and on social media. It seems as though we're getting to the point where the the pro-abortionists are almost admitting, all right, look, fine, it is a life, we are killing it, but so what? You know, we 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 certainly we saw so many. Uh, politicians who refused to, you know, vote for or support the Born Alive Act. We had the governor of Virginia who talked about, he's on video, audio saying, you know, if a baby is born, a, a botched abortion, a survives abortion, uh, we'll sit it there and we'll talk about what to do with it. It's almost as though, you know, we have baby parts being sold, you know, some, some things that you go, how in the world can they keep having these opinions with all of this out there. Do you think that they're to that point of saying, Tyler, yeah, maybe it is a life. Maybe we are taking it, but too bad. We're going to do it. Yeah. I've, I've run into a few people like that. I think I would love to say that most of these people are trolling, but unfortunately you do have people that subscribe to those types of ideology. I was just debating a guy, uh, like two days ago and, um, they they believe that doesn't matter if it's a baby doesn't matter if it's whatever they'll they'll usually come up with something like well they don't they're not really contributing to society anyway you know it's just it's a baby a baby is like a net negative it cries it moans it does all these other things you can't really get anything positive from a baby so uh we should just be able to kill them i thought that that's so insane first of all if you have this ideology i would just say that you're probably just evil you know what i mean i don't even have to subscribe to you know I- i'm agnostic i don't know if there's a god or not but I have to imagine that that would be evil. <laughs> that that right, would definitely right, right. send you downstairs. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, so yeah. Um, and they'll try and justify it. Right. They'll be like, Oh, well, you know, if you're not, if you're not positively affecting society, it's like, well, what does that mean? So wait a minute. So like you people just don't believe in individual rights. You know what I mean? It's this collectivist mindset. It's this for the greater good of society. Some people will even use Jerry. They'll say things like, um, they'll say things like, uh, well, Having abortion uh, legal, it's a better net positive on society. Women will be less likely to commit suicide, uh, which is arguable. I mean, there are studies against that, too. But uh, they're less likely to commit suicide. You know, they're not born into uh, these 
impoverished neighborhoods where then they'll grow up and be criminals and and so on and so forth. And so you look at it and it's like, okay, let's just assume that what you're saying is correct. I'll even give you that. I'll give you that rope. Okay. So so you're saying that that due to what might happen and that uh, we can go ahead and kill people if it's going to be uh, a net positive on society. Like we can just take away people's, okay, well, let's, let, let me give you like a, a, a similar logical scenario. Let's say, cause this is utilitarianism for anyone who doesn't know, like utilitarianism is like for the greater good, we can do things that might go against people's liberties. So if I had uh, let's say that we knew, that we could save, uh, let's say, 10 women from ever being sexually assaulted if we make the conscious decision to sexually assault these other five women who otherwise wouldn't have been sexually assaulted. Um, do we have an obligation to do that? Because we're going to save 10. You know what I mean? Well, net net five better. You know what I mean? So um, and you'll talk to these people and they will absolutely say, yes, I've had it multiple times on video and I could not even believe what I was hearing. They're like, yes, we have an obligation to sexually assault these women because we're going to save more women. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's insane. That's so, cr I don't even, at that point, Jerry, honestly, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like at that point, It's like, I'm so lost. I'm like, uh, so you would just take away people's rights. You would take away people's right to life. They can be assaulted. They're sacrificial lambs in, in your uh, real world scenario. And then you have the gall to argue against me that you are protecting women. You are protecting people's rights. That's, that, that's hilarious. That, that's so hilarious. So some people, Jerry, you're not going to be able to convince everyone. Some people are just going to be clearly immoral. But I think for the overwhelming majority, I think that they're just misled. I think that the mainstream media uh, throws this down their throats that no pro-choice, pro-choice. It's, it's protecting women's rights and feminism and all this other stuff. And then while simultaneously banning conservatives like myself, other, other conservative voices um, to where well, you can't even really look up these other alternatives because they're banning everyone. It's only leftist agenda. It's only pro-choice agenda. So um so, yeah, but I do think that through better education, through having these open discussions, I do think that it's it's definitely worth it. And we need to continue to do it um, because even if we could save one child, it's 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 worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I, I had um, a, a guy by the name of Scott Horde on my show uh, a few weeks ago, and he stands outside Planned Parenthood in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And he's up to saving over 300 babies. I That's mean, it's, awesome, it's incredible. Awesome. So if you're listening to, to me here with Tyler, um, you got to check out that episode and look into Scott and what he's doing and, and other people there are doing as well. It's really, it's really incredible. Um, so this was, this was a lot of fun, Tyler, talking to you. I really yeah, it enjoyed was, it. Man. So, it definitely was. Yeah. So, so since you're out there, you know, please let everyone know where, where to find you and, and check you out and how to connect to you on social media. Sure. Absolutely. You can find me on, uh, on Instagram at Tyler Bluntman. Uh, you can go ahead and find me there, or you can find me on YouTube, same at Tyler Bluntman. I would have given you my TikTok, but they banned me at 700,000 followers, so I'm not there anymore. But you can definitely still find me on, on Instagram and YouTube. Um, and come on over. I'm always open to having discussions like this. Uh, no matter how large or small the platform is, when we're talking about abortion, I think that it needs to be discussed with everyone. Um, if you're even, even if you're 
a pro-choice or listening to Jerry's podcast right now and you want to have a discussion, I will have that discussion with you because my goal is generally to change people's minds. I want people to be pro-life and I want them to see how it, it, it makes the most logical sense. So, um, yeah, again, Jerry, thank you so much for inviting me on, man. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, shout out to, to your podcast, Best Success. Thank you for speaking up for the unborn as well. And uh, I'm sure that we'll talk again in the future. Yeah, man. Thank you. This, this has been great. I think you have a perfect last name. I got to tell you, Blunt Man. Um, so you got to check out Tyler Blunt, man. He says, he's, he says good stuff. So, you know, officially you're the first pro-life agnostic on my show oh, so nice. so yeah, you need an award for that so that's a first but it's uh it's been great talking to you and really enjoyed uh, listening to you and 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 what you're doing defending life i think that's awesome and you're doing it in a, in a cool way and and you're hitting hard but you're also not coming across as you know pointing fingers that kind of thing you're you're, you're really wanting to change change minds so Tyler Bluntman, thanks, my brother. I appreciate it. It was great to talk to you. Great to meet you. Check Tyler out. And uh, thank all of you for listening. Oh, there's there's a time for baseball, it looks like. Um, thanks, all, all of you, for listening to this episode of Fides Podcast. Uh, check us out on all the podcast apps, and we will see you next time. <laughs>